Welcome to Rooftop Church. This podcast is part of our Sunday sermon series, where each week we dive into the Word of God and the powerful message of Christ. All right, would you meet me in the book of John, chapter 15? John chapter 15. If you were here last week, we're going to stay in the same passage and continue on uh, what God has to reveal to us through the book of John. So John chapter 15, verses 1 through 11. Normally, we find ourselves in the New American Standard Bible Version, but today we are reading from the ESV. John chapter 15, verses 1 through 11. And I thought, you know what, it's a little long passage, so Why don't we alternate reading one verse at a time? I'll start us off with the first verse, and you read one verse, and so forth, until we finish all 11 verses. This is a reading of God's Word. John chapter 15, verses 1 through 11. I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. Already you are clean because of the word that I have spoken to you. I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he is that bears much fruit. For apart from me you can do nothing. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Abide in my love. These things I have spoken to you that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be full. Amen. Let's pray just one more time before we begin. God, thank you, Lord. God, thank you for uh, giving us your precious words, God, in the written form. God, we want to continue this theme of uh, how we can abide in you, God. As we go through many seasons of life, God, we want to regain our intimacy with you. God, we want to learn to establish healthy rhythms that we may do everything in accordance to your guidance and your will. God, if there's anyone in this room today feeling out of sync, that is lacking the sense of being one with you, God, would you just uh, grace us with your presence, remind us, Lord, reestablish that relationship with you again. God, give us ears to hear, but God, we pray more so for just understanding and receiving of your word, God, in in the fullness of faith. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. Um, So you guys know that I just came back from my three-and-a-half-month sabbatical. Sabbatical, if you're not familiar with it, it's it's an extended leave um, so that the pastors or or, or the shepherds of of the church can could uh, have this extended sense of rest and, and recuperate so that uh, in hopes to, to minister longer and in a healthier way. Well, so the sabbatical was proposed sometime last year to the church board, and, 
And I don't know uh, if it was simply the long journey of ministry, more than two decades plus, or simply because I think a lot of that had to do with like two years of uh, COVID, it just kind of left me in a funky place where I, I questioned a lot of things. I, I doubted a lot of um, not only my abilities, but also I doubted even my calling. God, I don't know if I can do this long. So it kind of left me in a funky place where, you know, uh, I, many times I felt like I was just running on fumes. So uh, I, I had incurred uh, the typical size of signs of burnout, right? There was fatigue, and there was constant weighing the pressure that I felt. How am I doing, especially, you know, COVID, making decisions, pivoting, you know, uh, dealing with all sorts of noises and, and, and the rumblings around us. And all of these things have really led me to a pretty difficult place. And, you know, I recently found out, uh, according to Barna Research Group, this is a Christian polling uh, kind of organization, and they have found, the, uh, find the, uh, the research findings conclude that more than 43% of active ministers and pastors have contemplated in the two seasons that thinking about leaving ministry altogether. Honestly, when I, when I heard the number, I wasn't really surprised. If anything, I was surprised, like, you know, I would believe it if the number is a little higher. Only because, like, during that season, I have felt similar stress. I had felt and experienced similar fears and anxiety as well. Well, anyhow, and I longed for some sort of relief, and my prayers during that time was, God, I want to reach the finish line. You know, I'm in my mid-40s now, and, and I'm years, I'm, I'm you know, according to my wife and I, like, we're too far from the retirement age. So I know that there's a long journey ahead of, uh, ahead of us. But oftentimes, I do question. I, I wonder, it's like, God, I just want to be able to make it to the finish line. I don't want to, like, go through the journey and be able to, like, not complete and just kind of drop off in the middle of the race. And that was kind of my yearning and prayer. So the church graciously uh, granted me this uh, sabbatical, and, 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 and immediately, like, you know, I'm a doer, right? I like, I like goals. I like, I'm, a, I'm one of those guys that makes a to-do list and checks things off. And when I see those things checked off, I feel immensely happy. So immediately, I'm like, as I'm preparing for this extended leave, like, I had goals. I had three questions, right? And, and, and so I... I I wanted to be very intentional about addressing these three questions. And I shared them with you last week. First one was, will I get enough rest for me to return feeling healthier and stronger? Pretty good question, I think. <laughs> Number two, this was more like philosophical, existential. The question that I asked was, can man long for God on his own? If left alone, if no one asked me, if no one mandated me, can I have the desire to pursue God on my own? I was really curious. This one was out of curiosity. Meaning in simple words, like, if I didn't have to do anything, will there be enough desire for me to love God? And the third one was, would I engage in any spiritual disciplines if I didn't have the duty of ministry? Simply, translation was, if I didn't have to preach every week, I was curious, God, would I read the Bible every day? Pastor Daniel's laughing because if he didn't have to lead worship every Sunday, will he even pick up the guitar? I mean, will he even look at the guitar? 
and, you know, PTAP too. And I was just really curious. If I didn't have to be a pastor for three months, would I pray? Y'all are thinking, man, Scott, you better pray every day. I don't care if you're on vacation or sabbatical. I don't know where you are. You could be in Africa. You better be praying. I was really curious. And God, and another thing was, God, if I don't have to leave church and go to rooftop, I was really, this one's a crazy one. God, would I even go to church every Sunday? <laughs> and God, no one's going to be there to take my attendance. God, will I just sit at home and just watch Zoom or uh, YouTube? And I was really curious, God, will I even be at church? Some of you guys are worried, like, man, Scott, I thought you was better than that. You're supposed to be a pastor. Well, these are the questions that I really had going into the sabbatical. So for the next 20 minutes or so, I'm going to unpack one question at a time because I think these questions are in some way or form maybe very pertinent for you. And these questions and how you answer these questions affect your relationship with God. And how you answer these questions affect directly how, whether you are abiding in the presence of God, whether you're living a life in sync and rhythm of God's influence and deliberate motion in your life. So I want you to ponder these three questions with me, uh, amuse with me for the next few minutes. First, again, will I get enough rest for me to return feeling healthier and stronger? I'm going to give you the answer right away, all right? I realized that what I needed more was not rest. What I needed more than the time of rest was a rediscovery and reestablishment of healthier rhythm of my life in God. The rhythm that leads me to the dance and the movements that God has called me into. And I didn't realize this. I was like many, many of you guys or many of your, you know, other pastors that you may know of, when you think of extended leave, immediately you think, what? I want to do all the things that I didn't get to do. I was thinking about how do I plan my trip? How do I pick up another hobby? How do I spend more time in the gym? How do I read more novels that I didn't have to preach out of? Like all of these things, right? But after, after what I realized was that what I needed was not more rest, I needed to be in sync with what God was doing in and through my life. It's bizarre, right? You may think, well, that's, that's kind of like you're speaking out of luxury. Like, just give me two weeks off so I could do whatever I want, and I feel rested. How many guys know that not doing anything for an extended period of time, that's not always restful? You get anxious, Sometimes you feel like a sloth. Sometimes you wake up, no responsibilities to attend to, and no one to check in with, and you find yourself like, man, you don't feel that good. So extended rest, more rest is not really the answer. I found that it's not the inactivity, it's not the absence of work that I need. I, I needed more in my life was this healthy, this rhythmic cadence of God saying, leading me in everything that I did, whatever it was that I was attending to, I was mindful of the Lord's presence in my life. 
And that's the funny thing. And I realize, you know, I don't want to get too deep into this, but if you think about the creation of man, if you think about the rhythm and, and the pace of God, he spent six days, right, creating what? Darkness, light, heavens and earth, mountains, rivers, waters. On sixth day, God created man, right? What did God do on the seventh day? He rested. And we love that. And we love that God set the ultimate example that we can enjoy our weekends without any guilt. And we say, well, God rested. He didn't do anything. He told us, keep your Sabbath holy so we don't do anything. How many of you guys know that the purpose of rest, the purpose of the Sabbath was and is so that we can work again the following day? Come on, somebody. We don't think this way. I certainly being here living in the States, what do we look forward to the most, guys? We work so hard Monday through Friday so that we can just cruise into the weekend and we just stay there. We wish we could stay there as long as possible. Guess what? You do this for 10, 15, 20 years. Maybe you guys are not that old. I'm looking at the older crowd. I'm not I'm just going to say <laughs> in the general direction here, some of you retired folks here, too, I'm going to just call it. So when you do that, right? All we're looking forward to, how do I run as fast as I can so that I can finish the line? I don't have to think about it and do anything, right? That's our mindset. And I realize we forget that the way God created intended rest and the Sabbath was that, no, I'm calling you to rest because ultimately you're always going to be involved in the, the work. Yes, you may stop with your vocational work, but just because you're 65 or 60, it doesn't mean that I'm stopping. You're going to stop working for the kingdom and the expansion of the kingdom work. And I realized that's what I was doing. I was looking for, so short term, I was the guy, was, I'm looking, I'm running towards Monday, Sunday night. It's a little bit, pastors, it's different. You guys get excited about Friday, right? For me, I get excited about Sunday evening. Oh, guess what? I say goodbye to your church people. I preach my sermon. I go home, man. Oh, yes. Football, here I come. Ramen, fast food, here I come. You know, Netflix, if there's a good show. Actually, I don't, yeah, I don't have the patience to follow like seasons. So I, that, anyways, we look forward to that. And come Monday, I'm like, oh, and you dread going to work. You see, you, you feeling me? And I realized what I needed more was not rest, was this healthy rhythm with God. How many guys know the term, like the phrase, I need vacation from vacation? <laughs> it's that's such a bizarre thing, but I don't have to, you guys have experienced it. It don't matter if you go to Hawaii, we can go to Europe, we can, uh, 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 um, uh, what is it, um, uh, What's the word like? Um, indulge in like seven wonders of the world. But by the time like halfway in, like I, you can't wait to come home. And you come home and you are so tired. You're so exhausted. And you say, man, I need break from this vacation that I took. And you think, well, it's because you're doing too much. No, trust me. You can go to Hawaii and do nothing, beachfront, swim. When you come home, you're going to find yourself saying the same thing. Man, I feel tired. It's weird. We have just left the five-star resort. You're sleeping in your own, like, bed. 
that has that funky smell. Hopefully not too much. That fluffy, amazing pillow at the hotel is no longer there. You're, you're stuck with your flat pillow, cotton pillow. It's not until you eat your home food, eat fast food, rice, eggs, and probably seaweed, you feel like, man, I feel good. I'm ready to go back to work. Do you guys do this too? It's because what gives us vitality, what's more important for us is this healthy rhythm. We always say we got to get back in the rhythm of things. Brothers and sisters, I do wonder, your fatigue, your uneasiness, your restlessness comes not from absence of rest, but absence of this healthy rhythm and dance with God. If you are perhaps outside the holy and intimate union with your Lord Jesus Christ, guys, you will not feel restful. It's because I said this last week. It's because you and I have been made for the purpose and calling of intimacy with him. The very existence, the very purpose of God creating you is because of this holy union with him. So let us not make the mistake of seeking that anywhere else, but we prioritize being present in the presence and love of God. The work God calls you to do is never greater than the person he loves you to be. Let me remind all of us, you may be a successful business person. You may have brilliant ideas. You're a valuable piece. You're an irreplaceable cog in your company. But even the, the, the endeavors in, the, in this world that, that you are indul- you're involved in, it's never greater, should never be more important than you being a child of God. And I submit to you today, this morning, may you find peace and rest in the presence of our Lord. Second question that I pondered was this. Can man long for God on his own? What if I didn't have to do any of these things? Will I still desire God? You know, you, you guys, I think you guys met my friend Jeff. Pastor Jeff came. He led the... Uh, what is it? He led the, the, the conference, uh, re- refreshed conference. I know that, um, you know, I, I, I check you guys out on YouTube. I, I, I talk to people. I find out. And you guys loved him, right? He, he, he led a powerful ministry here. And uh, he told me before when I left for sabbatical, he says, Scott, it's very important for you to experience the full cycle of the sabbatical. I want you to make sure that you do nothing for the first few days and weeks until you feel like there's a genuine longing for God. Never do something out of duty. I took that to heart. I was like, God, unless I want to, I'm not going to pray. God, unless there's a burning desire and sense of longing to read the word, I'm not going to do it. God, I'm just warning you, I might look like a pagan to you, but I promise it's because someone's telling me to. And I promise that I'll come back sometime. And I really found myself there. Uh, and I, it's not like, please, okay, I didn't go out and like become a different person. Like, hey, sin, you know. 
<laughs> but, but, I, but I realized, like, I don't know how long it lasted, but what I did sense is that I wasn't going to stay there forever because I had the sense, only because I had the sense that if left alone, I feel like I could be there for a long period of time. So I, it was important for me to kind of generate this new momentum where I found myself in God's presence. Being mindful, being deliberate about being in the presence of God, whether by reading, constantly listening to worship songs, and just communing with Him, yearning for His voice, recognizing what He may be wanting to do in my life. I think some of you guys, too, the short answer to that question is God has given us the desire and the ability to seek Him. And, and, and when that opportunity comes, absolutely that you should. I mean, let me tell you something about hunger, how hunger works in the spiritual realm. Hunger in the natural realm, if you want to get hungry, what do you do? I don't know if anyone wants to get hungry, but you get hungry by what? Not eating. So if you happen to want to get hungry, what do you do? Just don't eat. Well, spiritually speaking, it's the complete opposite. If you want to get hungry spiritually, you eat more. This is why. Let me explain. In the physical realm... The more food that you consume, the less you feel hungry. So if I'm hungry, I'm going to eat and eat, and eventually that hunger pain and hunger feeling will dissipate. Spiritually, it's the opposite. If you want to get hungry, you have to consume more of it. The more you consume of God, the more you consume of God's love and Christ's love, you yearn for it more. Spiritually, if you abstain from consuming of God, guess what? That leads us to more being full. You get content. The less you consume of God, that's the less you desire of God. The less you consume of God, the, the more you content you feel and say, you know what? There's no need. There's no presence of God needed in my life. You guys getting this? this is, it, it's exactly the opposite. So I realized this. If I want to love God more, if I want to desire God more, the answer is not like, let me go long distance without consuming any of God. If I want to love God more, desire God more, what I need is, I need more of Him. More each moment. More each day. The more you consume God, the hungrier you get for Him. The less you consume of Him, you become more full. The third question. So will I engage in any spiritual disciplines if I didn't have the duty of ministry? So the second question answers this third question. So all the things that we often associate ourselves with Christian life, all the spiritual disciplines, all the to-do lists that bog us down, all the things that we struggle to do, all the, all the mandates and the duties, right? See, these are now 
no longer construed as perfunctory actions. These are now, I want to do these things because I need these things. Prayer, reading of God's word, communing in in, in corporate worship, devotion, quiet time, all of these things. I want to engage in them because they will help me get what I want, what I need. You with me? You know, one of the ways that I discovered my rhythm during the sabbatical was I, 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 I found myself very often in the gym. And some of you guys know, like, I, I like the gym. I, I love the gym. Um, but you know what? Like, I, don't, I like the gym, but I don't love the gym more than what the gym does for me. You, does that make sense? I, I go to the gym because I know that it is good for me. So when you understand that, there's, there's an exchange that happens. There's an exchange that happens. I may not enjoy it, but I go there because in the end, it gives me what I need. In turn, it gives me what I want in return. I enjoy it, but I don't love it more than what, the, what it does for me. I have an uncle He's had a health issue for the, like, a good portion of the past decade or so. I think he has a heart problem, so he had to completely change his diet. And now he could only eat fish and vegetables without, like, you know, like, without, with, without much seasoning. And so every holiday, I see him at least twice a year during um, Thanksgiving and New Year's. So, you know, this is when we, like, you know, wear our sweats no belts, like we're just like, we, we like ah, stuff our faces, right, on those two days. And I see my uncle all the time when we eat. He got his, you know, baked salmon, like it's organic, it's super orange, like, oh, I, didn't, I don't know about that. That looks funky. But he's always eating the same thing, grilled vegetables. And it, when everyone's eating pies, cake, all this guy all, only eats fruits. And I look at him, he's like, man, it must be hard. So, but I would never criticize him. I would never stop him from sticking to, him sticking to that diet. Why? Because he's doing it. He may not necessarily enjoy it, but he understands that that's what he does. That's what he needs so that he could have a better life or life altogether. Is this making sense, guys? Sometimes we we run away from Uh, Bible reading. Sometimes we run away from church. Sometimes we run away from, oh, I don't, I'm not going to do it unless I feel like it. I don't want to do it unless like, oh, don't, you can't, I I don't want to be, you can't mandate it on me. Oh, you can't tell me to praise God. Oh, you can't tell me to do my, you can't tell me to like uh, read the Bible every day. All I'm saying is that why would you not do these things? Why would you not participate in the activities, the very things that give you life? And without them, we would absolutely be left in a lesser state than we need to be. So this is the way I I look at it. Like even like church, even corporate worship, coming here physically to church, worshiping God, cracking open or booting your phone, turning on your uh, Bible app, all of these things, right? should be viewed as like, man, these are the things that help me. These are the things that get me in the rhythm 
of with God life. I don't know how many times when I preached, like, I, I, I prefaced with, like, guys, we went through a crazy season during COVID, all of these things. I'm like, you know what? Can I just be honest with you guys? At a certain point, we have to move on. At a certain point, we have to recognize, you know what? I'm just not as healthy as I need to be. Spiritually, I'm just not right with God. I'm just not that tight with God anymore. You know what? And we can say, well, it's because of COVID. It's because Okay, I get it. We get it. Did we just say, what if this thing never ended? In a way, this thing never ended. In a way, this thing's never going to end. What I know is that, what am I going to do? As important as physical health is, I mean, do we not care about our hearts are doing? Do we not care about our relationship with God? Isn't God longing for us? Isn't there a vacuum? Isn't there, isn't there a place in our hearts that's a little bit empty? That's all I'm saying. So, you know, um, like, even this is why, like, we don't necessarily love it, but let, let's not be afraid to indulge in them because what it does for us. Let me just kind of read, read uh, John, 4, uh, John 15 verses 4 and 5 here, okay? Verses 4 and 5. Abide in me and I in you as a branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine. You are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he is that bears much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Jesus is somehow addressing a question that maybe not have been asked. But Jesus is addressing something, the trend that's been common as he surveyed the field, as he's looking into the lives of the people that are flocking to him. And he notices that people are preoccupied with productivity. People are occupied with the busyness of life, just like our lives. He realizes that it's really hard to trust God because people, if left up to them, they will choose for themselves their own destiny. Oftentimes, it's by working hard and grinding. And Jesus is now teaching them a new principle. He said, you know what? The key is, the key that leads to abundant life, that fruitful life, is less doing. He's now calling them from the place of busy activity. He says, now what? I'm calling you a life of inactivity. Pause a little bit. Recalibrate, and I want you to understand life flows out of me. You will feel peace. You'll attain that peace not when you produce more. You will get that peace when you are fully present in me, and I am fully involved and fully present in your life. He says, abide in me. He's like a broken record. Ten times in ten verses, he says, remain in me. Be still. Trust in me. Come to me. Be one with me. I don't even have to ask you. You probably have worries. Quite honestly, some of you guys are anxious because you have been waiting for too long. 
And it's the wrestling of the uncertainty of what it is that you're longing for. There's no guarantee. You don't know if it's going to happen or not, but you keep waiting. So you're anxious. God is saying, trust in me. I'm the one that allows you to be fruitful. Have you noticed that? He doesn't say, go out and be fruitful. He doesn't say ever, go out and produce. He says, you stay in me and I will make you fruitful. And these are some takeaways for us this morning. It's my prayer that all of us rediscover that rhythmic life in God. And I'm so glad that you guys are here. I'm so glad that you are praying about and thinking about coming to in-person presence in just a couple weeks. <laughs> because, you're, because we need this, guys. I'm so glad you're contemplating, man, I need to hit up Scott and ask, hey, so Scott, like, can I sign up for that thing? You don't have to. But I hope that you're active in searching for God's presence, whatever it is that you're doing, wherever that you may be. Don't live in preoccupation of life, okay? So my first uh, encouragement to you is learn to rest. Don't be afraid to pause. Don't be afraid to slow down. Trust me, I assure you, your life will still remain intact. So my encouragement, rest. But don't just simply remain in a life of inactivity, but be involved in the intimacy with Christ. And understand that what you need more today is not more rest, is more communion with God. You could take two-week vacation, two-month vacation. You could take the whole year off. If those moments are not spent in the presence of Christ, consuming more of his love and grace for you, you may not end up in a healthier or better place than when you started. Lastly, how do we get intimate with Christ? Lean on your spiritual rhythms that lead to intimacy with him. Sunday worship services, daily devotions, pulling away, silent retreat. Be simple. Um, I'm trying to make a habit of not getting out of bed unless I have fully, like, immersed myself at least five minutes in the Word of God. I'm still getting with it. I'm not very confident to say, hey, this is fully entrenched, but I'm trying. Um, you know, years ago when I read a book, um, uh, uh, Test, uh, biography on uh, Abraham Lincoln. Abraham Lincoln had, among many godly characters and noble traits, uh, he had this one habit. Uh, he said, um, he never ate breakfast until he consumed the Word of God. And I'm reading it. I was so challenged. It's like, oh man, so awesome. Man of God. Changed the world. I tried to do that. It didn't really stick, but I'm not trying to bring it back. I said, God, help me to find satisfaction Help me to find nourishment. Would you help me condition my body so that 
I would not resort to physical food unless I have already consumed the spiritual food. Because in the end, that's what I need more. I invite you to do that. You don't have the strength to read. I'm like you. I turn the Bible lab. I go through the full chapter. Alexa doesn't help you in that. I don't know. I, I try to tell Alexa to read me John chapter 50. It doesn't do that for you. Still need to pray for Amazon and Alexa. But turn on your Bible app every morning. And the, all day I'm just reminded of what I have just read in the morning. That's just an idea, guys. Turn on that music on Spotify. Anyways, I'm done preaching today, all right? But let us remind ourselves to abide in him and that God is calling for us to commune with him. Amen? Let's pray with together.